Welcome to Daily Daf Differently, a Jcast Network podcast. This daily podcast invites you to join us to study the Daily Talmud page with a variety of liberal rabbis and teachers. For more information about Daily Daf Differently, please visit jcastnetwork.org slash ddd. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Shalom. This is Rabbi Joshua Heller. Welcome to Daily Daf Differently. Today we're studying Eruvin Samach Zayin 67. In the background, the question that confronts us is still what to do when one has a non-Jewish resident of an area where one wants to construct an Eruv. Today we'll ask what happens if that non-Jewish resident has his own entrance or exit. We will also, along the way, explore whether factual knowledge or analytic ability is more impressive, and we'll delve into the question of the status of uninhabited areas and how they affect the validity of an Eruv. We begin almost immediately with a series of two dialogues between a pair of sages, Rav Chizda and Rav Sheshet. And we are introduced to these two figures in a way that reminds me of a joke about three Hasidim who are talking about their Rebbe's. So one Hasid says, My Rebbe is so pious that whenever he stands before God, he trembles. The next Hasid says, You know what? That's nothing. My Rebbe is so pious when he stands before God, God trembles. The third Rebbe says, That's nothing. My Rebbe is so close to God when he stands before God, he whispers in, So new, why should we both tremble? We are told that when Rav Chizda and Rav Sheshet would encounter each other, that Rav Chizda's lips would tremble from Rav Sheshet's facility with the Mishnah, with the facts of the text of the tradition. Rav Sheshet's entire body would shake from Rav Chizda's ability to engage in pilpul, logical analysis and argumentation. They are each so impressed as perhaps even to be intimidated by the abilities of the other. We can ask the question, based on who trembles more, which ability is greater, the knowledge of the tradition or the ability to analyze it? And this is a question that our sages often debate. We see elsewhere the rivalry between those who were gifted in pill-pull and analysis and those whose skill was memorizing and having a facility with having all the facts at their fingertips. This text gives us the answer. Knowledge causes only the lips to tremble, while analytic ability causes trembling of the entire body. It is better to be smart than knowledgeable. And on the one hand, I think that's fair. After all, a good lawyer or rabbi doesn't really matter to them what the original text seems to be saying. By the time they are done, they can make it say whatever they want. On the other hand, one can ask, Is it the goal of ability, whether it be knowledge or analytic skill, to cow or terrify our opponent? Or is it to educate or inform? Is their discussion more or less holy because they are fearful of the other? Why should we both tremble? Interestingly enough, Rav Sheshit has the final word in both discussions. Does that mean that knowledge of the text ultimately trumps analytic skill? A question debated in many places in our literature. The discussion then turns to the question of someone who lives in a courtyard, has not participated in the Eruv, and has his own private exit to another fenced-in area. 
Does that private exit invalidate the whole Eruv? It will not surprise you to learn that it depends on whether that person is Jewish or not, but it may surprise you that it also matters how big the area is. Is that area considered to be a Karpath or not? We saw back in chapter 2 of Eruvin that a Karpath is an area bigger than about 5,000 square amot, say half a football field, that is enclosed, but not for the purpose of habitation. Examples of a Karpath might be an area enclosed for grazing or a garden, or an uninhabited island. The rabbis understood that a Karpath is technically a private area, because it's enclosed, but they added to it the restrictions of a public area because it's so large. So, if a Jewish resident did not participate in the Eruv, and he or she has a doorway opening into a Karpath, they invalidate the Eruv, since the assumption is that they can't use the Karpath on Shabbat, so they are going to be using the Eruv. On the other hand, if this Jewish resident has a doorway opening to a smaller enclosed area, the assumption is that they don't invalidate the Eruv, since they are allowed to use that smaller space, and they're going to be more interested in using that private space than they would in impinging on the courtyard. Conversely, the opposite is true for a non-Jew who can't participate in the Eruv. If they have a doorway into a private enclosed area, if it is a smaller area, it invalidates the Eruv, because the assumption is that they would rather come into the chatzer, the courtyard, than their own enclosed area. But if they have the doorway into a karpath, a larger enclosed area, the assumption is that they would prefer to use that larger, wide open space, and therefore they are not going to invalidate the Eruv because their focus is on their own area, even though it's a karpath. So the rule for a non-Jewish resident is just the opposite as that for a Jewish resident when they have their own private exit to an enclosed area. I suppose you could say it's different strokes for different folks. The type of space that's useful for one person is not useful for another. And it turns out that there are both practical and halachic issues that have an impact on that usefulness. We also see along the way there's another funny contradiction that arises from this definition of the Karpath as acting like a public area even though it's really private. That can lead actually to some interesting leniencies. An, un an uninhabited island in the sea assuming its shores are steep enough and is smaller than 5,000 square amot, is a private area. If you're trapped on a desert island and it's smaller than that size, you can carry wherever you want. However, if it's bigger than 5,000 amot, we consider it to be a karpath. It is too big to be considered an inhabited area. Meanwhile, the ocean that surrounds it is a Carmelite, an area which is in between public and private. So the sages in the case of a smaller island, prohibited carrying from the ocean to that smaller island because that's moving something from a Carmelite to a private area. And that's something which is not forbidden by the Torah, but which the rabbis prohibited after the fact. And yet, when you have an island that is larger than 5,000 Amot, a Karpath, they waived that prohibition and permitted moving something from the ocean to the larger island, because they wanted to remind people that they were treating the island as if it were not a private area. Now, it's rare today that we have to worry about being stuck on a deserted island on Shabbat, let alone with only a volleyball for company. But the issue of Karpath does affect modern Eruvim. Parks, golf courses, and areas that are intended for human use would not be a Karpath. However, woods, empty lots, farmland, or swamp 
or even a cemetery, might all be considered to be a Carpath, and according to most views, could not be included in the Eruv. However, there are loopholes aplenty. So, for example, while a cemetery is generally not considered to be fit for human habitation, where I live here in Atlanta, there is a historic cemetery called Oakland, which is also a public park. People will come for tours and picnics. I even once saw a glamour photo shoot taking place there. Does that mean it's still a Carpath? Well, it turns out it doesn't matter because it's enclosed entirely by walls. And indeed, often in contemporary Eruvine, that's what we done. The Carpath will be excluded by walls or barriers that cut it out from the remainder of the enclosed space. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the opening and close of this episode is Ufros from the Epichorus album One Bead, available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.